Hello church family, today we're going to look at Acts chapter 9 verse 23 to 31. This is a really cool passage because um, it, it really shows what happens when the Lord takes a hold of someone's life that it needs, that is going to be radically different. Uh, this chapter should be familiar to all of us because it's the conversion of Paul. Paul was on the road to Damascus and he was trying to actually uh, he was trying to actually uh, um, get a letter from the priest there saying that if there was any uh, other Christians that they'll bring him and drag him back to Jerusalem. Meaning that Paul wasn't just content with um, getting Jews, I mean getting Christians out of, Judea, uh, out of Jerusalem, but he wanted to go beyond that. He actually wanted to go and kill them. He wanted to get rid of them and murder them. Um, so it was not enough for Paul to just go and take uh, them out of a particular location, but he wa he wanted everyone, uh, every Christian that he he knew to be killed. He brought them to prison. He brought them. Uh, he murdered them. He did all that he could to make sure that the the Christianity would be would be stamped out. But unbeknownst to him at the time, God had uh, something else in mind, and that is that he was going to save him and use him to minister the gospel to Gentiles and and to uh, Jews as well. Now, when we get to this particular portion, we see what a transformed life looked like, and it will cost you. Jesus said that those who want to be followed Jesus Christ, they can have to deny their father and mother, and they have to deny everything in order to follow Christ. And that is what goes on here. Somehow, through the working of the Holy Spirit, uh, we our affections change. I mean, we, our, our things that we once loved, we now hate, even though those people that might love us once will now hate us because of um, because of what we preach and teach and what we believe and how we live our life. And we definitely see that in the life of Paul. Uh, Paul, after being saved, gets baptized and starts uh, preaching the gospel immediately. And uh, in verse uh, eight, 19 of chapter 9, he said that he was with the other disciples who are at Damascus and they went out preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is God. Um, this Jesus that uh, Paul wanted to um, snuff out and didn't believe at one point uh, is now proclaiming the gospel. He doesn't. He doesn't stop. He's relentless. He. Um, it, it's like his mind was renewed. And he in all of the Old Testament passages he knows is clicked, and now he's going around telling everyone why Jesus Christ is Lord. So we begin picking up the story from chapter nine, verse twenty-three. It says, "When many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him." But their plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day and night so that they might put him to death. So in the English here, it seems strange. It says that um, many days, and I think we think in terms of like three or four days, many days for us is actually not that long. But in actually in the, in the, in the, in the Greek and even in the book of Galatians, it actually speaks of how uh, he was at those actually years is probably three years uh, Galatians chapter 1 verse 7 said that Paul when defending against uh, Judaism the Judaizers in the in the churches of Galatia explained how um, he was actually he actually wasn't um, he was he, he wasn't there he didn't meet the disciples he was just there for almost three years chapter 1 verse 17 
uh, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were possible for me, but I went to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. So uh, Paul in Galatians explains, kind of fills in the gap of what happened during these many days. And he he's just out there preaching the gospel. He did everything that, um, that you think an, a young Christian and a new believer would do. So for th three years, he's out there uh, building churches, evangelizing, uh, trying to win people to Christ. And, um, and this eventually got to the point where the Jews uh, wanted to kill him. Uh, this is no different than the way that the, the Jews wanted to kill or plotted against Jesus uh, because of uh, the Jews essentially had enough. I, I'm sure the Jews probably had these conversations like, you know, did, did Paul apostatize or did Saul uh, turn um, and denied uh, their faith? And then maybe they say, oh, maybe he's just going through a slump and they were trying to debate back and forth on whether what to do with him because he was kind of like a prodigy to uh, the Jews. Um, he was trained by Gamaliel, which means he was, the, he, was, he was under one of the best teachers at the time. And he was such an asset to, uh, the, to Judaism. He was killing all of these Christians, and uh, he was like their, like their best soldier. But somehow, uh, in their minds, they didn't understand what happened. Why did he change? Why is he all of a sudden teaching a different message and on the side of the enemy? And I'm sure some of them even thought, maybe he's just faking it. Maybe he's just trying to uh, wiggle his way so we can mo know more of the Christians so that more of them can come to death. But at some point they realize, okay, this is, this is getting too much. More people are getting saved. Paul has turned, and we need to do something about him. So the Judaizers, uh, not Judaizers, sorry, the Jews and the uh, and Pharisees and everyone else basically plotted against Saul. They wanted to kill him. It says in verse 24 that they were watching the gates day and night so they might put him to death. So the city is filled with walls and it has different entrances and exits and they basically watch those uh, choke points to try to figure out when he's going to come in so that they can kill him. To verse 25, but his disciples took uh, him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a large basket. Now it's interesting that in verse 25 of his disciples, the implication that this is someone that, that he witnessed to and that's got saved and is now one of the followers of Jesus and is just someone that Paul is training up. And one of the disciples uh, lived near the wall and gave him this opportunity to, to, to escape, to get out of uh, Damascus. Uh, verse 26, when he came to Jerusalem, again this is three years later, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him not believing that he was a disciple. So it's sad, uh, as I said last on the last episode, that there were the, the, both the Christians and the uh, non-Christians were skeptical of, of, of Saul. They didn't know what was going on. Uh, the people that uh, wanted to kill him um, didn't want to believe that Paul had turned, and the Christians didn't want to believe him because they think that he was uh, he's just faking it. And this were trying to associate is in the perfect meaning that Paul tried multiple times to try to get in there. He's tried multiple times to meet the apostles, meet the original 12, and, and in, in the Greek for uh, verse 26 when it said, but they were all afraid of him, meaning that they were uh, constantly afraid as well. So they kept, Paul kept trying to go in, uh, the church kept trying to flee and didn't want to meet with him uh, because they did not believe that he was a disciple. And again, before we judge these disciples and the apostles for not accepting um, Paul understand that in our equivalent it would be like some 
uh, Islamic radical person that was known to behead Christians in the Middle East and then wanting to go into your house. Uh, it's hard, it would be hard if you believe uh, to believe him right away. And that's the same type of fear that's going on here. Uh, they were so used to being tormented and, and, and hunted uh, by this man that they, it's, it's hard for them to, uh, to believe that he truly is a believer. But verse 27 says, But Barnabas took him, took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them. Now he had seen the Lord on the road and, and uh, how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he joined, he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. So Barnabas, he's known as the son of encourager. He's the, really the only one that, that took him in and, and brought him and, and, and was like testifying that, no, this man, Paul, is truly a believer. And he's now uh, preaching the way, telling people to, to follow Jesus. And, um, and we see in Galatians that eventually there was like almost like a test going on to see whether or not uh, the doctrines are aligned. And Paul in the, in the book of Galatians said that everything uh, checked out and that he wasn't taught by the apostles, which is actually his way of saying that his teaching, although it wasn't from the apostles, it was actually from the Lord. And that even though he never interacted with the apostles for those three years, it was identical because it was, it was Jesus Christ that taught both of them. Uh, verse 28, And he was with them, uh, moving out freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. Again, this is a radical change. You're noticing this pattern where he's preaching, uh, pro he's proclaiming the name of Jesus in verse 20 of chapter 9. Um, and this is just his normal life. We'll see later on, he just continues to do this. He doesn't stop. Um, and that's just a new life. His new life is now he is just on fire for the Lord. He wants other people to know who the Lord is. At verse 29, he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews, but they were tempted to put him to death. Now, what's fascinating is that the Hellenistic Jews were the same people that uh, that Stephen spoke to. It was, these are the people that uh, that Stephen argued against, and yet now he see he's almost like um, standing against uh, in the same position where Stephen was, and just arguing, defending the faith against these Jews. And uh, and. And then as a result, they wanted to put him to death. Verse 30. But when the brethren learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. Now, Tarsus is where Paul or Saul is from. And he uh, was there, not just to take a, a break or, or to have some sort of sabbatical, but rather he went and just probably continued on doing the same thing. He just went out and, and preached the gospel and tried to establish churches and, and minister to those that were there that were believers and encouraging strengthening the church and yeah just keep trying doing his best to do what the lord has instructed him to do now this is just kind of we need to look in our own lives is this something that we that defines our life you know are we people that are known uh, by our convictions and in, in sharing the gospel with people and ministering to people the moment we get saved because it's very easy for us to profess christians and do nothing about it um, but it's really difficult if, that we actually live out what we truly believe. Uh, it takes effort, it takes time, and even it will cost you to, in order to do the things uh, that uh, the Lord expects of you. He went out. He went out not just, uh, he just kept establishing churches wherever he went, and that's something that we need to do, not just in sort of church planting, but making disciples of all nations. Um, what draws people to Christ aren't the events that we that our church holds not even sometimes even the Sunday at church gatherings it's just one person ministering to one other individual 
that I would encourage all of us to constantly pray and ask the Lord to give us opportunities in our lives to win people to Christ. We just need to touch one life, and, and that's how the Lord can build the church slowly. It doesn't have to be some massive revival. All it has to do is just us, as us Christians ministering to one person, and after that, that person, another person. And that's what we're called to do. Verse 31, so church throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. So this is actually interesting is that um, Paul was such a threat um, to the uh, Christians that his turn gave them peace. Um, and there's also historical accounts that around this time, even um, even though, though um, it was hard to be a Christian, God providentially even allowed a cult to come in to Jerusalem and the Jews were dealing with them instead of the Christians. Uh, and that gave them opportunity to have a, a small uh, break um, from all the persecution that was going on. Uh, but that didn't stop them. That didn't stop them from uh, doing what they're called to do. It didn't get, they didn't have spiritual apathy. They just kept going on ministering and building up the, uh, the church. And it says it, it, it continued to increase. And I, I think that that's meant that the whole church, the church was being built up more and more, even though they had a relatively short time of ease. Now, this is something uh, that we need to think about. You know, as Christians here in America, we are generally speaking pretty comfortable. Even with, in light of all of the political turmoil that's going on and social uh, unrest, whatever it may be, this is relatively easy compared to what other Christians have in the world. And we, as Christians, even in good times, need to be willing to not, we, we shouldn't um, let up when it comes to winning people to Christ. It's during these diff these easy times that we need to take advantage of so that we can witness and build, um, be instruments of the Lord to build the church. And we need to be faithful in what the Lord has given us with the time that we have, whether it's good or bad, uh, but particularly in the good times, because it's, it's hard to be on fire for the Lord when things are easy, right? It's like it's. I think part of the reason why evangelicalism is slowly dying out in America is because we're just too comfortable. Um, there's no cost. There isn't that much of a cost to be a Christian. Now I do know that just looking at the the, the trend, it may seem that uh, it might not be long until that day comes. Um, but from now until then, that our, our, we should still be on fire for the Lord. We must be passionate in terms of winning people to Christ because that's why we're here. We are here uh, to, to bring people to saving faith. And whatever the opportunity the Lord gives you, you must see it as a privilege um, to be able to go and share the gospel. We are all heralds of the gospel. And I hope that um, a transformed life, like what Paul had, uh, um, it, should, it should keep us excited about the gospel and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's it for today. Hope that as we continue to go through the book of Acts that you find yourself uh, on fire for the Lord, that you would be like Paul, whether it's a new life, meaning you need to be saved, or renewed faith, meaning repentance, that you will be faithful with the life that God has given you. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a great day. Thank you.